I'll be reading from Joshua 6:15 to 21. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times. In the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only rehab the, pros- the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hit the spies, hit the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and, and the articles of bronze are, are, and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. At the, uh, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed, so every man charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men, women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Good morning, everyone. So just to start, uh, I just want to repeat what John was saying so that everybody's aware. Next week, worship service, next week and the week after worship service will begin a little bit later. It will start at 11 o'clock. So please remember that for next week and the week after. So the reading we just had a moment ago, uh, most of us are familiar with the story. Walls of Jericho that fell down. We, We hear that story when we're young. And so I want to highlight that particular section. Our lesson this morning is going to be found in Joshua chapter 7, the following chapter. So I want you to get a little bit of background about what we're getting into this morning. And the title of the sermon this morning is True Repentance. True Repentance. A lot of people believe that repentance is just a change of heart or a change of mindset. But it's actually a little bit more than that. And that's what we want to explore this morning. So when we think about our faith, we think of our love for God, we understand that they are expressed by action. They're expressed by what we do. And in the same way, so is repentance. It's expressed by what we do. I often think of and use the example of my wife. I say, if I tell my wife I love her, she appreciates that. But if I show her I love her by the things that I do, she really appreciates that. So you guys... Get busy doing the dishes and whatever else you can do to help your wives out. They'll love you, believe me. So it's expressed by action. Faith expressed by action. Love to God expressed by action. Repentance is expressed by action. And that's what we're going to look at. It's not just what you feel in your heart or think in your mind. It is bringing about changes to turn away from sin. It is about being accountable, not just to God, but to each other. And so from Joshua chapter 6, we can see that 
the Israelites were to take the city of Jericho, and everyone was told in advance what not to do and what would be the consequences if they did not obey this command. Everyone understood and knew what their responsibilities were. So the Israelites did as they were commanded to. So let's take a look at those verses again before we jump into chapter 7. So in Joshua chapter 6, notice that in verse, starting in verse 17, the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring about trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. So this is what they're told not to do. Go in, destroy all things. Do not take anything for yourselves. So we read in chapter 7, starting in verse 1. But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in, regarded, in regards to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, and you might have a footnote at the bottom that actually says son of Zabdi, which is the same person. The son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. So Achan was greedy. He just had to have some of the things. And he was selfish. And selfishness, if you think about it, is the root of sin. Because it's all about self. It's not about what God wants. It's about what you want. And so selfishness is the root of sin. So let's continue. Let's look at verses 2 to 12 and see what happens. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near beth to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not weary all the people, for only a few men are there. So about three thousand men went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about thirty-six of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. O oh Lord, what can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? The Lord said to Joshua, Stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. So because of Achan's actions, God was no longer fighting for his people. God was not pleased with all of Israel because of the actions of one person. Can you imagine? The whole nation is suffering because of one person. One person's greed and selfishness. 
Israel was fortunate that God had not destroyed them, but rather made them liable to destruction. In other words, he separated himself from them. His security was no longer with them. He took that away. So Achan, by his selfish actions, he caused a chain of events that resulted in 36 people dying. Can you imagine? I just had to have these things, so I'm going to take them. And as a result, 36 people died because of it. Achan was responsible for this because he disobeyed God's commands. So God then gave instructions to Joshua in verses 13 to 15. Let's take a look at those verses. So he says, go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. That which is devoted is among you, O Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe that the Lord takes shall come forward clan by clan. The clan that the Lord takes shall come forward family by family. And the family that the Lord takes shall come forward man by man. He who is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire, along with all that belongs to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So can you imagine hearing that? God instructed Joshua to announce exactly what was going to happen. The entire procedure. So when you think about it, why would he do that? To give the person who did it time to repent. To come forward and confess. It makes sense. All the translations indicate that it was a man who was guilty of the crime. He mentions he, he, he. Joshua carried out God's instructions as we read in verses 16 to 21. Let's take a look. Early the next morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by tribes and Judah was taken. The clans of Judah came forward and he took the Zerahites. He had the clan of the Zerahites come forward by families and Zimri was taken. Joshua had his family come forward man by man, and Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to God. Give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give him the praise. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Achan replied, It is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Achan explained how he just had to have these items at any cost. He put his greed ahead of the welfare of his family and of the entire nation. So let's see what happens As a result, verses 22 to 26, to finish off the chapter. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites, and spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua, together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold, wedge, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, his tent, and all that he had to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all Israel stoned him, and after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. Over Achan, they heaped up a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. Therefore, that place has been called the Valley of Achor ever since. God is a holy God, and he expects to be obeyed. And so we see the result of what happened. And so each person was responsible to each other. 
Each person had the responsibility to keep the other one from sinning, to try to keep everybody on the right track. The head of each family was responsible to keep his family in line. Because of Achan's actions, he condemns his whole family to death. Can you imagine? That's how greedy he was. If Achan had just confessed his sins, gave up these articles he took and repented, then maybe, maybe things would have been different. Even after 36 people died, he showed no remorse for the men who died, who fought bravely. He still didn't repent, not even after that. He didn't come forward and say, yeah, it was me. This, is, this all happened because I, I took some things. I shouldn't have done that. He didn't confess. A confession had to be forced from his mouth. God told Joshua, cast lots, tribe by, think about it, tribe by tribe, clan by clan, family by family, man by man. It took, it took it right down to the nitty gritty to point out that it was him. And it was only then that he said, okay, you got me, it's me. Is that repentance? Think about it. The Lord knows everything. What was he thinking? Did he believe that the truth would never come out? God had announced to Joshua, who in turn announced to all of Israel, exactly what the procedure would be ahead of time, so that everyone would know that the truth would come out. He should have known it's going to come out. He should have known it's, it's, he's going to get caught. So now he was caught, and he had no one to turn to, and it was too late. And we read what happened. He chose not to repent, and because of his actions, both he and his family died. Everything he had died. So God saw it as an act of pure evil. He didn't want that kind of attitude, that evil, to spread among his people. An attitude of selfishness that would see many people die before a person would admit his wrong. Think about it. He would have allowed the whole tribe to die before he would have admitted that he was wrong. What had he done? And that's not the kind of attitude that God wanted among his people. This whole tragedy could have been averted if Achan would have just admitted that he did something wrong. At every turn, he had the opportunity. As the clans were mentioned, he could have said, okay, no, no, don't go any further, it's me. When the tribes were announced, he could have said, oh, no, don't go any further, it's me. Families, no. It had to come right down to him. And only then, yeah, it was me. So, there are some things that we can learn from this account for us today that I think are pretty important. First of all, we should not wait until we're caught in sin before we confess it. We shouldn't wait until we're caught in sin before we decide to confess it. This is very important. Some people have said to me in regards to this account that it, it looked like Achan was genuinely sorry for what he had done. Well, he was only sorry that he got caught. Otherwise, he wouldn't have let 36 people die in his whole family, right? That's, he was sorry he was caught. That's all. That's the only thing he was sorry about. His attitude was, okay, I confess, you got me. That was his attitude. It, that was not true repentance because he didn't act on it sooner. At every step of the process, when the lots were being cast, Achan could have stepped forward. He could have confessed at any time. Instead, he waited until tribe, clan, family, everything was named. He wanted to keep his sin a secret. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to keep it a secret. And sometimes that is what we do, too. But this is not the Christian way. We should confess our sins to God and repent. We should not keep sin a secret. Second thing that we can get from this text is we see the principle of my brother's keeper. Every Israelite was to watch over the other so that they kept each other free from sin. They knew that one person could bring about a death sentence for the entire nation. Achan jeopardized the lives of everyone, the entire Israelite nation. Imagine, one person. They knew that one person could bring about a death sentence. And so 
he didn't take the time to think about anyone but himself. And so that we need to do that. We need to take the time to think about others. There was no brotherly love, the kind that God wants from his people. He wanted all of his people to have equal concern for all of his people. Everyone's to care for each other. Everyone is to try to help each other. The church is to have this love, and we are to help one another stay free from sin. This is why the Lord ranged the body the way he did, so that those who are strong can encourage those who are weak. That's going to pop off in a second. Just hang on if it's driving your eyes crazy. The number three, unrepented sin means separation from God. The sin that is not repented of, it means separation from God. We have to realize that we were far from God before we responded to the gospel because of our sin. So why would we think that we can get caught up in sin again and not be separated once more? There are some in the world that believe that once we're saved, we can never be separated again. But that's not what scriptures teach us. Sin can separate us from God all over again. Unrepented sin can separate us from God. We need to repent of our sins Always. It is not just a one-time event. It's a lifetime effort. We have to work at it every single day. True repentance requires action. It requires change. The Bible is filled with examples of people who had repented as seen by their actions. We think of the Apostle Paul. We think of many others who had repented. They chose to turn away from the simple life they lived and turn to serve the living God. And that's what we need to do, too. We need to turn away from sin, and we need to turn and serve the living God. So this meant that they did what pleased the Lord. This means that we do what pleases the Lord. So may we separate ourselves from sin and not separate ourselves from God. Let me say that again. May we separate ourselves from sin and not separate ourselves from God. If you are here today and you have not responded to the gospel of Jesus... Won't you do that through the waters of baptism for the forgiveness of sins this morning? If you are here today and you have responded to the gospel, then I also have an invitation for you. Perhaps you need to face your secret sin and repent. Maybe you have already repented of sin, but you feel discouraged and weak and need someone to pray with you. So my invitation to you is this, to come forward and myself or one of the elders will take the time to sit down and pray with you. So I extend an invitation for all of you who have responded to the gospel, who might need prayers, to come forward as well as we sing our closing song.